So welcome everybody to another episode of the Rematchers Clubcast. Here is what you have to look forward to in tonight's episode. If you don't, if you don't tell the Pharaoh, I won't be there. That's right. Which is why the pyramids are all lopsided. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I got to go get the other one now. Hold on. <laughs> so you into the other one. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on. It tastes right. like a jar of pennies. A <laughs> jar of wet pennies. Ugh, gross. Better <laughs> than those dry pennies. Um, we'll keep we'll keep growing if you keep showing. Am I right? <laughs> Put the lime just in the stuff. coconut, man. Put the lime That's how it works. Coconut. Uh, first off, just a little news bleep. Ready? Ryan with the news um, sound effect. Go ahead. Boop. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> How about, don't worry. Don't worry. You don't, have to, you don't have to do a news sound effect. It's fine. Go stuff yourself. Welcome to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, craft brews and geek news. Sit back, pour yourself a pint, and let's get into it. Now here's the founder of the Brewmasters Club and your host, Donnie Gallagher. Welcome craft beer fans. My name is Donnie and good evening. Uh, We are the Brewmasters Club podcast, craft brews and geek news official podcast, mind you, of the Brewmasters Club. Uh, We are here just to talk about... um, all things craft beers, uh, geek news, uh, national stories, local flavors, uh, and our favorite geeky nuggets of pop culture. I am joined this evening by uh, my good friend here, Mr. Ryan. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. Broodboy813 coming in and uh, loving today. Glad to be here. Excellent. Um, thank you for being here, Ryan. Of course, you are just as much a host as I am, so I don't, I don't know what it would be like <laughs> If you weren't the other, the other people that we usually talk to are, are unable to make it. And Laos is having technical difficulties this evening with his headset. So he'll be joining us, you know, soon, I'm sure. But Donnie, I got a question for you. Cause I'm trying to find the answer to this thing. Yes, sir. I just carbonated the, the sloppy redhead yesterday. I put it into a keg, loving every minute of it, sat on a keg for a whole day. Sometimes you gotta let it two, you know, have two days, but I tell you, I had a little bit, of, you know, before I kegged it and I was a little unsure how everything was going to come together. And now having it with the carbonation, it just, it brings it home. And I have to find out, I, I know we do it for a reason, but I have to find out why we actually, you know, carbonate the beers the way we do. I, I know, you know, yeast can naturally create uh, carbonation in a bottle and a keg and all this, but man, it's, it's like a Cascale doesn't have much of any carbonation. I just, I don't know. It, it's beyond me how, how much different this beer tastes today versus yesterday before I kegged it. Do you have any explanation whatsoever why we do this? When did it start? Like actually adding CO2 to beer? I, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't at all. But but I did Google it. And so like I'm looking on the uh, the Wikipedia article uh, for carbonated water, uh, which basically just shows that that additives, uh, sodium chloride, sodium bicarbonate, um, similar, similar items like that, um, that those are all what's known as the carbonation. Um, mm-hmm. It causes water to be effervescent, uh, which basically is sold and ready to drink, such as soft drinks. Um, it was invented in 1767, so it's been a long, long time um, that it's been doing that for. I'm guessing the only reason we do it is is to get a little bit more flavor pop um, and some of those mineral uh, kind of tartness or, or, or flavor into water. I think that's really all it was. 
Um, so maybe bringing life to the beer is why we do it, making I, it I, get that little bite. Yep, I, I would assume that that's what it has to be. It'd be great if somebody could chime in that actually uh, knows about this. Um, but, yeah. but it just no. gives it that crisp kind of refreshing feel. I think that's really it. Yeah, and you know, it, with all the hops that I put into this, especially in the dry hop, it just makes everything. Uh, talking about the redhead, it just makes everything smell and and you know the you know have the aroma, and then it has that bite now that, well, that beer is supposed to have. But I think I would. I wonder if this beer would be the same coming out of a cask. I really, I really do, because beer, uh, you know, in a cask is just literally beer out of the fermenter, and then you cask it. You know. Well. So I, I don't think it's exactly as night and day as like cask beer and the regular beer that, that is fermented because you, you, as you, you of all people know, how many, how many batches have you done now? 27? I think I'm over 30, my friend. Over 30? So, so you know as well as everybody else does or more than anybody else does that beer naturally produces carbon dioxide, which is why beer right. is fizzy, right? So beer is fizzy for that specific reason because when the – yeast attacks the sugar it creates and eats sugar creates carbon dioxide so that's why i think alcoholic drinks are fizzy now why do people add fizz to soda i mean maybe to, to make that same appeal as, as an alcoholic drink like wine champagne or beer without the alcohol right i mean i think that's probably why yeah. fizzy drinks started being soft drinks if you will um well and and, and soda would be terrible without fizz right Right, it would just be sweet, like it'd be wort. Syrup. <laughs> it'd just be it'd just be syrup water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that maybe the reason that we have fizzy drinks is because of alcohol, right? Because alcohol is originally what created the CO two that makes drinks fizzy. So the cask well, ales, I think the yeah. cask ales because there's more volume to fill of air and, and of, of in the cask itself. That there's probably it's probably a tighter. It's probably less of a tight seal right then uh then saying in a fermenter would be where there's only one way in or out i mean i don't i don't know that but i would assume there's, yeah, there's I just, pressure lost you know I was, I was picturing this the other day so picture yourself you know 1400s before all the technology comes about and picture yourself wanting to have an ale are you drinking something that's not carbonated are you drinking something that that, that is carbonated but if it's, it's very, not carbonated that was like that was like their norm probably was to not have much carbonation at all. It was just a, right. a drink that you could drink that got you drunk. Right. Like wine. So think about, yeah, like wine. So think yeah. about then like fast forward a couple hundred years. At what point did uh, carbonation start to get introduced in the mass way that it is now? And do you think people were like, oh, no, don't, I don't, I don't want to drink that. You know, it's terrible. Or do you think it slowly grew into a phase where people are like, oh, yeah, this is actually really good. Like, I wonder what the transition was like and what, you know, how many people. Technology. Uh, didn't want to, yeah, exactly. Technology. It was I, I the way that I was, it was the way literally thinking about this like three days ago. Well, think about it because when the Egyptians brewed the first beer, right, three thousand years ago, whatever it was, the Egyptians, uh, they, they were they had pots of water that were sitting in the sun that were exposed to the yeast from the bread factory, the bread uh, production process, and that's what made essentially the first beer is that that yeast from bread interacted with the sugar in water in open containers of water. And, and reacted in a way that fermented the sugars that were in that small amount of water, water making a small amount of alcohol. They then then fried that process over time and, and eventually made the first beer. I don't think they were using closed containers with the bubblers no. on top that had- It's probably uh, sour. <laughs> keep, keeping, yeah, right, they were keeping air out and keeping sunlight out. I don't think that was the case at all. So I think the CO2 was escaping kind of naturally through the open environment. So the first beer was probably very flat. 
But I think since then, we have refined the containers that keep our beer and, and have found a way to condense that CO2 back into the product itself that we're drinking. And I think yeah. that's kind of how, how we got to the modern day beer. I think. It's incredible. Just from my history. Uh, my my no, knowledge no. of beer, I, that's all I think it is. No, and you, like you said, they, were, they weren't in like the most sanitary conditions. So I could imagine that beer was probably really sour, but those guys probably had a lot of fucking fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, eh, let me drink this. Oh my God, I feel great. This is awesome. Next morning, why can't you work? Because I'm fucking up. I'm over. <laughs> well, if you don't, if you don't. <laughs> Tell the Pharaoh I won't be there. <laughs> that's right. They used, to, they used to pay all the slaves in beer. Pyramids for the ancient Egyptians were paid in beer. They weren't, they weren't paid, you know, in money. They were paid in right. beer. So that's why they worked. So, so yeah, I'm sure a lot of them were drunk, but they had to work anyways, which is why the pyramids are all lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for trying to answer my question. Appreciate it. What a great segue, Ryan, into the next segment. The first, the first one. So first, before we get into that, first off, cheers to your great segue. Um, but we did have a segment in the show here uh, that talked about the top 10 gaseous beers. So speaking of all that Ooh. CO2, what a what a fantastic! Did you even know about that segue? No, I didn't even think about it. Well, good My job. Mind wasn't even that's, on it. That's the best kind of segue, the one that you didn't even have to think about. We're gonna go ahead and and first talk about what are you drinking, what are you going to drink, and then we're gonna come back to that lovely segue that you just outlined for us. So I don't beautiful, know what you brought, brought brought this evening, but if you want to talk about it, um, now's the time, my man. Actually, I, I'll go ahead and show you and announce I got my hands on a bottle of the last snow. Oh man, and saved it for the podcast. Because lovely. as tradition should should show, every time this comes out, we should share it on the podcast. It's a lovely coconut and coffee porter, and it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. Absolutely it's an, wonderful. An oldie so, but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. And uh, if you can, try to get your hands on the bottle now because they're out. And um, get as many as you can before they before you can. That's pretty so I, I forget. Like, I honestly forget about the flavor of that one. So is it more coconut? Is it more uh, nut brown? Is it – what is it that uh, that it really resonates with? Well, you? So the first time I ever had it, I feel like I'm chasing that sort of high. High? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I had it at uh, across the street, a mellow mushroom, and they had a keg. They tapped it, poured it into a glass, and you could smell the coconut coming off the rim. So I'm constantly chasing it. This was like a year and a half, two years ago. I feel like it's still been consistent, but I've never had that same coconut aroma. So they need to either add more or it's it's at where it's supposed to be i'm just expecting more coconut but it is a coconut porter it's it's definitely not uh, a brown or anything like that and it's very smooth it's very um you know you you want to you want to enjoy it you know not like a cognac in a way but like you want to enjoy it and you want to take you want to smell the coconut as you're as you're drinking you know the porter so you want to feel like you're eating the coconut and drinking the port at the same time. It's a very good balance. It's one of the best beers that you can find. And um, that's that's kind of how I would describe it. I'm still find, trying to find that coconut aroma coming off the glass. But you can as you put it up to your nose. See, I because like the only – sense. No, no, I get it. The only coconut that I really like remember loving was the, the Kona uh, Brewing Cocoa Brown. And that was a brown mixed with coconut. And it was, you know, supposed to be from Hawaii and all that kind of crap, which – you know they're owned by Budweiser, so who knows? But um, yeah, the beer itself is really it good. It was made in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember that beer compared to this one? I do not. Okay. It doesn't stand out to me. 
if that See, makes that, sense. Like I know you, you you go after that one, but that's because it stands out to you. I like that one a lot, and that's the last one I can remember. I really don't remember the last snow, but I know how much you love it. <laughs> so, so I mean, we've tried. I I love this beer because they eventually turned it into the last buffalo in the snow. So they they use this as their segue for that, and I think it's really neat when you can take a beer and turn it into something else at the same time, and they age it, you know, so it's barrel aged. So I it, you know it's got two, it's got more than one setting, if you will. Uh, yeah, more than one phase, so you can enjoy it now. You can enjoy it later. Uh, I, that's that. Yeah, and it's a strong beer too. It's um, well, what's the percentage? It's you know six six and a half percent, which is pretty good for a porter. I'm just gonna drink on this for a little while. All right, what do you got, so- Donnie? So speaking of an oldie but a goodie, I have a highlight. Um, why do I have a highlight? A highlight, yes. Yep, just because I haven't had it in a while, and um, you know, there's nothing like this. This beer is probably one of like, and I've I mentioned it many times. I think it was on my top top five. I think it was number one, actually, <laughs> uh, of my top five. And and just because I love it so much, I was talking about it last week and we had talked about it during our 50th and, and I was talking to you guys about how much I love this beer. So I really just had to get a six pack of it and I still had two in my fridge. So I drank one now and then I have one I'm going to go get here in a second. But um, I just really love this beer. I mean, there's just something about, about this particular IPA. I don't know if it's a nostalgia factor and trust me, we'll get into nostalgia a little bit later uh segway king but the this ipa in particular is it's just it's just good it's just my favorite beer i think of all time i think it's just one of the better beers i've ever had so uh, i love on the label now it's brand new it's changed and it says um bottled and canned by oscar brews brewing brewing llc the vard nc for cigar city brewing llc tampa florida so this beer was actually brewed in north carolina and then sold here in tampa in the Run same down. original packaging. You know what I, I find with the highlight, the, the consistency mm-hmm. is key, but mm-hmm. it's it's uh, like it, it take a MotorWorks IPA or or something. They have such a great IPA, but it's almost like a two, it's almost very uh, like a multi IPA. This one drinks more like I would feel like a citrusy ale, but then like you get the hop notes. Mm-hmm. You actually taste fresh hops, whereas you know, like a citrus or a centennial, it's it's a very citrusy uh, hop to get that to get that orange zest, and it blends really well together. So it's a light, crisp ale, whereas the others are very malt forward, um, and then added with the hops. So uh, okay, that's no. why I like the highlight. Yeah, I, I love it. I got to go get the other one now. Hold on. <laughs> so you into the other one. Yeah. <laughs> well, with Donnie being going to get another beer. I'm just going to talk to myself and say, I hope everybody's having an awesome day. Maybe he'll keep this in. Maybe he won't, but still, (laughs) I think I sold them into getting that other beer very fast. (laughs) Did you have anything else about that before we move on to, to the segue that you, you dropped a little bit ago? You mean about the gassiest? (laughs) Yes. Well, all this chatter about CO2, I thought it'd be relevant in the last 30 seconds to pull up an article of the 10 gassiest beers, right? So yeah. we, we had talked about why we put CO2 in, but honestly, Ryan, who has the most CO2 in their beer? We here at the Rumashes Club Craft Brews Geek News happen to have a very specific list of uh, those folks, uh, those beers that actually are or do contain the most CO2 per pint. Um, it's interesting. First one, of course, biggest, baddest um, guy in the room here is, is Budweiser. Budweiser has 2.71 pints of CO2 per pint of actual beer. That's kind of interesting. And when I read those numbers, I was trying to understand what that really means. So there's 2.7 pints of compressed CO2 within each pint of beer. That That's like kind of crazy. It sounds like a whole lot, right? Like it, 
in my mind, it's like a little balloon that's just floating away. <laughs> that's you know what though, house- like any one thing that they do very well. Oh, sorry, Donnie, I just cut you off making a really mm. good house floating away joke. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> one thing I do notice is that you know commercial beers like a Budweiser stay very well carbonated, even up until the time you pop the top, whether it's in a can or a bottle. They just have a great science. I have cracked open some craft beer cans. Where I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited. And I crack it. And I'm like, oh, where'd the foam go? Like, I feel like it got flat inside the can. Does that make sense? Like, have you ever had that happen to you? Just been disappointed Absolutely. when you actually open the can. I know it might be the gaseous, but it might be the most well carbonated at the same time. And uh, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've definitely had that happen to me before. It's, it's, I've opened a can of beer and just been totally disappointed, but that's, that's what happens. It happens less often yeah. I find with like bottles. I've never opened a bottle and been totally disappointed. But, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So the next one on here. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say the next one on here is uh, Stella and Coors Light. So that's interesting. Yeah, they both. 2.55. Well, if you, have you ever had a Stella? I mean, that thing does, it really bites your tongue real bad. Like it's, I said, if you haven't had a Stella, um, I mean, if you have recently, it's it's rough. Like when you when you take your first sip of a Stella, it really does kick you right in the tongue. And that's that's a CO2 just getting you. So, so short story on Stella. Not only is that my other woman, which I have not had for a long time. Ashley knows this. Uh, <laughs> in England, so I was there about 10 years ago. Is one of my first beers that I had. Uh, my cousin or my uncle introduced me to it. He actually said that in England they call Stella the wife beater. And I said, well, why do they call it a wife beater? I thought he meant like a t-shirt, you know? He was like, because you get so pissed drunk, you go home and beat your wife. I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, like- my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, how many of these should I not have? <laughs> so you can have them safely. They don't. We don't do that here in America. So. <laughs> No, no hopefully do we don't. <laughs> What's the next one on the list, Donnie? Oh man. Um, all right. Well, on that note, the uh the next <laughs> one it was what Bud Light. No, Corona, Corona Extra. 2.48 pints per CO2 pint. Uh that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a lot of gas to put in those little beers. Because if you ever pop a, a Corona Extra, do they ever seem that that CO2 filled, like that gassy? They really don't, right? I can tell you I've never actually popped a Corona Extra. Really? I might have. I, I I've never popped one. I might have had one or two. That's about it. But I've never. Not a fan, dude. I've I've. I mean, I've had a. I mean, I. Uh, I've had a dumb Corona. I mean, my. I really do not like them. Like they are not my favorite type of beer. But I will drink one. You know, when I'm partying with La Familia, uh, Fast and the Furious style. I don't know. I don't drink them often, but when I do, it's Dos Equis. <laughs> no, <God. laughs> <laughs> I knew. I saw you going there. <laughs> Um, all right. So I, I wonder, I wonder how much, uh, cause obviously the, the, maybe the article tells us, uh, I didn't actually get a chance to read that. I just saw the list here, but how much the CO2 has to play a part of it for the gassiness. And we don't have to go into too much of the science here, but also the type of yeast, because I know when, you know, brewing beer at home, uh, you get a yeast buildup down at the bottom, especially after you've, uh, uh, cold crashed everything, the best of your ability to get everything to drop down to the bottom and you get all that shrub down there. And if some of it kicks up into the keg or some of it kicks into the bottle, if you drink some of that, the yeast that's in there can actually cause you to become very, uh, windy as well, (laughs) as some may say. So double attack maybe with the CO2 and the yeast. I don't know. And that would be interesting too. I mean, I don't think these brewers would ever tell you what strain of yeast they're actually using. That's my, my, no. you'll never get that out of them. But um, I think it's an excellent point. I mean, Budweiser has the, you know, oldest strain of yeast that they, they, they say they do at least that they've used from the original recipe from, you know, the 1800s. So, you know, maybe that does have something to do with it. 
the funny thing is, good segue, the number four uh, gaseous beer is Bud Light. And that's a super light beer uh, with 2.46 pints of CO2 per pint. So I think that's, uh, again, pretty pretty gassy, man. Pretty gassy. <laughs> and so add on that in a late night checkers run, you're doing pretty good for yourself in the oh, morning. <laughs> yeah, you're doing pretty bad for yourself. Um, or Taco Bell, whichever, so whichever you prefer. Have you, have you had the next one here at number five, John Smith's Bitter? I've not had that. I've no. never heard of it, no. 2.44 pints per, per um, CO2 uh, per pint. So that's that's interesting. I don't, I don't know what that is. Heineken, though, again, Heineken and Stella. See, I put Heineken and Stella on the same, and actually number seven there. Heineken's number six. Pilsner um, Urquell is number seven. And then Stella was number two. So I call all those the European lager, right? Because they all have that same mm -hmm. bite. It's like this... It's a weird flavor to it that I never was a fan of. There are some people that I know that just love and, and can't stop drinking the Heineken, but I never could. I wasn't. I even drank it straight out of the Netherlands. Really? Now in the in the Netherlands, it was a it's a better tasting beer than it is here. Just like they say, Guinness doesn't travel well over water. Um, I feel the same way for Heineken. The only beer I like from that region is really the Amstel Light, um, just because that comes also from the Netherlands. Um, but it's a much better beer than Heineken. I just never really got into any of the European kind of lagers like that. I, I don't know why. Um, I just didn't. Uh, I feel like when I when I picture Heineken, I do picture a beer that's very refreshing, uh, almost like a Perrier or something like that. I'm not I'm not saying it's like water. I'm not because I do like I do like Heineken. I like the name too. I think it's really good, but it's just a very refreshing beer. And so if I was if I was stuck between choosing between any of these that's on the list besides Stella, I would actually choose a Heineken because of how refreshing I I feel mentally that's a refreshing beer for whatever reason. I've I've been on that train before. I do. I like Heineken. Heineken uh, light is pretty good too. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't like I'll drink it because you know sometimes you go up to a bar and go to a party and that's all that there is, but it's just um I would never order I would never order one you know I would, I would if unless it was the yeah. last possible thing. <laughs> it's very it's against... very uh florally if you will it's got a very florally. I just, I just feel like it was poured through like a, I feel like it was just poured over a copper pipe like it just has like a weird like penny uh, flavor. You, you that's that's kind of what I was describing really just there when I said florally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'll never drink Heineken again. Thanks. I did not mean <laughs> to ruin Heineken for anyone out there that might be drinking it. Well, let's move on. It tastes right. like a jar of pennies, a <laughs> jar of wet pennies. Yeah, gross. <laughs> Those dry pennies. Um, number eight, Foster's. Again, I get the same kind of European like stink off this one, uh, which I don't I've get because it's one. it's Australian for beer. What? You've never had one? I've never had a Foster's. Dude, I was in a I was in a bar in London uh, in 2009, and they had it was a Foster's bar, like it was an Australian themed bar, and it was literally like 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 um, Cowboys or like the Roundup, but it was Australian, right? And so it was like you've been to the Roundup, you've been to Cowboys, yeah. Um, yeah. It it was literally just like a cowboy bar for Australian cowboys, and all they had were like the big cans of fosters and it was it was pretty cool drink <laughs> it was pretty cool drinking them there but um 2.3 pints of co2 per pint that's quite large uh cobra india lager is number nine which i've again never heard never of had. um nope. 2.27 and then you have number 10 the guinness golden ale which i don't think i've ever had that one either i've had the blonde but is i don't know about the golden that ale. the one is that the one with the the blue the blue box with the gold writing as I mentioned, I have not had this beer. I do not know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've never had it either. But what's funny is how many of the top commercial beers on this list are are the most gassiest. So I mean they're all I don't know. they're apparently they're apparently all 
<laughs> maybe that's the secret. Well, maybe that's the secret for all craft beer <laughs> brewers. Make your beers more gassy. <laughs> maybe. <take over. laughs> maybe. I don't know. But I just did a poll to the to the uh, Facebook group here. Uh, what is the gassiest beer you've ever had? So I can't wait to see what folks have to say about that one. As we continue to yeah. get, we have eleven members in the group right now. Let's see what happens. We'll keep we'll keep growing if you keep showing. Am I right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> we we should probably put some context to that question, just in case the people are wondering why we're asking. Uh, Go ahead, you follow whatever you want. <laughs> you, you can ask whatever you want. But but Ryan, speaking of, oh geez, that's not a that's not a good. One. Speaking of the effect of what that question may pose on the Facebook group, I wanted to ask you about the first. There was an article that you actually suggested that we, we looked into. So uh, go ahead and, and set the stage for this. Give me your thoughts. All I was saying is that um, there was a great segue that you had in terms of the effect of that question on our Facebook group. I was wondering if you could chime in about the effect that the first word hop would have versus the 60-minute edition. Segway, it, overall, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. So why did you want us to what talk about he's asking? <laughs> well, so that, that's exactly the question. Um, a lot of theory out there is you, you've got to wait after you, after you're done with your mash, then you got to bring your water to a boil or your, your wort to a boil. And then after, well, whether you do it at the beginning of the 60 minutes towards the end, you know, sometimes they, you know, people feel like, or brewers feel like you get more florally notes coming out at the end. If you put your, uh, centennial type style hops, the last 10 or 15 minutes of your boil. What this article is talking about is the guy actually that wrote it uh, brewed two batches of the exact same beer pretty much at the exact same time. He kind of had to offset it to make sure that, um, you know, he was able to pay attention to both beers. And what what he was trying to show is the effects of what's called a first wort hop versus a 60 minute. So after your mash, having your your uh, your hops pretty much ready to go in the pot siphoning uh your your mash into that pot and then he had another one ready to go and then bringing it to a boil versus adding the boil or adding the hops you know at a at a different time either 45 30 minutes 15 minutes so on and so forth and what was determined was that people who were drinking the beer between the two couldn't really tell donnie what the difference was in how it was brewed they couldn't tell which one was the 60 minute hop or which one was the first wort hop which one was you know uh, again uh, thrown in before the before the water started boiling, but one of the major effects. Or well, before I go further, you know, did, would you think that there'd be something different, Donnie? Like, if after reading the article, where you think like, oh, well, the sixty minute hops would be better, or a thirty minute hops would be better. Like, what was kind of your 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 take when when you were reading the article? Well, so the whole time I was reading this article, and it was it was quite in depth. And I, I you got to give a shout out to this guy from what Brewlosophy.com. Yes, um, it's very, very scientific. A, yeah, a very scientific blog that this this guy writes in, in Power Tomb because he's, he's he has he puts a lot into it, and so you gotta appreciate that. But he approaches everything from a scientific degree, so he's got a a purpose, a method, a control, a variable, and then he has input from others. So, a shout shout out to this guy. But uh, no, the, the reason I thought it was much most interesting because. As I mentioned again, actually my number one was the Dogfish Head 120. I think my highlight here was number two of my top five list. But you know, they, so the example I'm trying to relate to is there's a Dogfish Head 120, there's a 90, there's a 60. So these are minute durations of hops included in the boil, correct? I mean, that's that's what they stand for there. 
Yeah, so, 60 minute boil, 90 minute boil, 120 minute boil. So it relates directly to this article, which if you drink those beers in succession, which I've done before, you can definitely, definitively, objectively taste the difference in between the hop um, kind of uh, component that is there in each of those flavors. So it really doesn't seem like there's much of a difference there because uh, so so it, it enlightened me maybe because you had a little bit more of an insight on this first wort hop. How long would he have had the hops in the in the wort at that point compared to a sixty minute addition? So a first wort hop is basically adding the hops into your into your uh, just mashed water wort before you're bringing it up to actual boil. Okay, and then at sixty minutes one sixty so sixty minute hop means right at boil so right when you get that that boil going you can see the water turning over and you get almost a little bit of a raise like a little crest of like a foam buildup. once that comes up a little bit you sort of turn down your temperature just a smidge because you don't want to boil over uh, it kind of comes back down sometimes outside when i'm when i'm outside or when i'm cooking on the stove and and, and you know uh boiling my wort i pull it off just real quick because i don't want to boil over i put it back and then it's fine it starts rolling again at that point that's your 60 minutes. That's when you start the clock and you throw a, for a 60 minute hop. That's when you throw it in. So he's saying that it's in there for longer. Cause sometimes if you're doing a five gallon batch, the hops and, and everything in the water, the water can take another 15 minutes just to get to boiling from your mash temperature at 168. So it's in there longer brewing with the beer at that point, you know, and raising in it its own temperature. So it's getting light, sort of mixing and, and stuff like that from the heat as the water's turning over inside the boil and it's starting to boil. So uh, I, I hopefully described that to, to the best of my ability. Uh, hey, man, you fooled me if not. <laughs> um, one of the things, so the author's, uh, author's name is Marshall Schott. One of the things that he did say, so any home brewers out there that are listening, one of the things that he did say, the reason that he would continue to do a first wort hop was that in his opinion, he hasn't had a boil over yet. Because I guess, well, not I guess, but sometimes when you throw your hops in, say at a 45 minute, 35 minute, those pellets are going to start to break apart and they sort of recreate that foam. Plus uh, it can maybe drop the temperature just a little bit real quick. It can cause a stirrup. And you can get a boil over just with the hops being on top. He has not had a boil over by using the first hop addition. So if that's an indication of something that you should try, give it a shot. See if you have any boil overs. And, and again, the total outcome is you're not going to taste the difference. Because you're still going to, in the fermenter, you're still going to have your dry hop phase. You're still going to get the, the florally notes and, and all of the extra nose from when you dry hop. So don't be afraid to, to try a first hop addition before you boil. Give it a shot. I'm going to my next brew. I'm going to, I'm going to try it out and see if it works, you know? So yeah, yeah. I thought no, it was a really neat article. Yeah, no, it sounds good. Um, I, I think any kind of way that you can experiment, learn from, you know, change things a bit again, you know, a company like dogfish head got to be dogfish head by, uh, I think their slogan is what, uh, creating unique beers for interesting, uh, off-centered well, beers for off-centered people. The Lua Lupal coconut mixed yeah. with uh, mm -hmm. what, what they mix it with. I forget. I'm forgetting. That it's the the cocoa IPA. Yeah, they they mixed it with their coconut IPA that they make that I love. That was amazing. No, I know what was what was the other beer? I'm forgetting. Oh, the um the sequ sequench. Sequench. Yeah. yeah. So they mixed their coconut beer with the sequench. I mean, who? I mean, I cannot wait to try that. Lime with coconut. In fact, there's a there's a, a group that I just invited to join our group. 
um, the uh, craft brews and gig news group that that is called uh, Beer Mixers, and that's all they do is mix beer together. Really? And uh, yeah, oh, and I, I invited them. Well, I invited them to the group, and I and I said, hey, listen, we are going to do a sequence in Cocoa IPA, so you guys should definitely uh, check it out. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. So far, we have tw- twenty eight members in our group. <laughs> that just changed. That just quadrupled we are over. Growing. Yeah. <laughs> We're growing very fast. Um, I actually want to try that. I want to try that combination. I think it's been pretty good, but I, I don't know. I can't imagine they wouldn't be. I mean, you've got coconut IPA mixing put, with the sequench. Put the lime in the stuff. coconut, man. Put the lime That's how it in works. the coconut. That's right. Um, good. All right. Maybe, we should, well, maybe I should brew a coconut and lime beer. That'd be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? I'm telling you, I want to do the coconut. I want to do the coconut well, beer. Well, no, I, gonna we're, we're going to do a coconut beer, but I'm saying, what about a lime and coconut ale? Huh? I mean, that sound, it sounds really good, but... We'll talk about that offline. Anyways, (laughs) speaking of interesting beers, we're going to move on to um, the next article that we have, which is um, the Tampa Bay Business Journal crowned, and I thought you you would find this particularly interesting, Ryan. Tampa Bay Business Journal crowned the 2017 Battle of the Brews champion. So, of course, this is really uh, local and centric. So if you're not from the Tampa Bay region, uh, we apologize. But uh, this is is a, a big deal for us around here. Do you remember uh, earlier this year, we went to the grand opening. We went to, I, I don't remember what, what it was for 610, but remember 610, we met with Chris and we, we had an interview. It was episode, I don't know, 30 or something. That was um, um, not only for my birthday, but it was their two year. Two, some, 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 yeah, some celebration. Well, well, they actually dethroned, um, let's see, yeah, Chris and Leslie Johnson uh, located at their brewery 610 on Benjamin Road in Tampa. Been open since 2014. So, yeah, it must have been a two-year or three-year um, opening there. Uh, but they, they actually dethroned um, the the Dunedin Brewery, um, who was the inaugural Battle of Brewers winner in 2014. It's the oldest microbrew in Florida, but 610 folks went ahead and, and displaced them because they make some good beer. Um, I thought you would find this very interesting because, again, if you want to look this up, it was a good one. Chris Chris gave us what? So he gave us some really good insight. Um, he was actually a, a really good guest of the show, good friend of the show. Who I hope you Have you talked to him yeah. recently? I was actually there when they released their pumpkin uh, not too long ago. I had a great conversation. And how, how was that? Very good. Um, I would say this. It was more on the ale side, less like a pumpkin pie versus, if you could uh, believe, like Tim brews uh, like a pumpkin pie ale. You know what I mean? So it had – so 610 had more of like the a pumpkin-y ale flavor, which was amazing. And it went so quick because his demand on the beers, he had to um, make – more for um distribution than he could for his own brewery at that point yeah yeah well that's yeah well that's they're they're good people and i just i just remember being there and i, I liked i liked just it was the every, third it would have been the second or third week of june uh it was that, episode, that we were there it was it was episode 41 where we actually talked about six on six ten it was the party for six ten it was june june tenth essentially is when we were there. Now I'm looking, I actually looked back up on the SoundCloud here. So um, I, I, went oh, through, no, that's right. yeah, I went through the iTunes and found it. Yeah. We talked about um, 610 on 610, talked about the celebration we had there. Um, loved it actually. Uh, retweets on that one. So I'm glad people really enjoyed that, uh, that particular episode. I loved it. They're good people and they did um, really good. So 40, 
thousand votes put six of, of 2017 so good on them man um i love it i, I really think it's good and, and they're good people like i said if you haven't their brew is right next to the tampa airport in tampa there just just check it out um very small but but very very well done so uh dunedin was number two of course Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. They did, you know, they did good, of course. And then uh, Mile Marker or Marker 48 Brewing was um, in Wikiwachi there was actually uh, number three. And then Seventh Sum was number four. So, uh, yeah, very good. But Marker 48, we have a That's good, yeah, we have a big affinity for them. They do good things. But like we, we talked to them a long time ago and we said, you guys are doing things a little bit differently. And I think that will be reflected in, in how people enjoy the brewery. So, so that's good. Good on them. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Market 48 has a fantastic brewery atmosphere too. It's brewery inside and then outside they've got a uh, turf that they got from an actual stadium. I'm trying to remember which one, but it's a whole layout. It's kind of like a little football field outside. They got a bunch of tables. They do live music. They do yoga type stuff out there. It's it's a really, really neat atmosphere. If you get a chance to go there, it's really cool uh, to see. And Donnie, I, I just got to say, don't forget about that uh, CGBB, uh, CBGB at 610 because you know what they have on there. No, I don't. The Butterfinger. The Butterfinger. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, we've, we've got a we've That's got a rip. delicious. We've got to rip through some more stuff here because we have a lot to cover and we have about 15 minutes to do so. Not even. Okay. So. I'm, I'm game with that. Last beer article that we had to talk about is Motorworks Brewing. Uh, you had mentioned them, and it was very, again, Segway King, Ryan, right here, Brood Boy, 813. Um, they were mentioned in the biz Tampa Business Journal again for um, recently completing their first phase of expansion. They're basically doubling uh, their – well, not even doubling. They're like quadrupling their, their capacity here. They're adding on two 150-barrel fermenters, um, a 150-barrel bright tank, and a 30-barrel bright tank. Um, so over the next four weeks, the the brewery will be doubling or, or increasing its capacity from 6,000 barrels to 14,000 barrels per year. So that's pretty huge. It's a huge expansion. Good for them. Uh, that'll equate to approximately 434 gallons of beer. Um, of course, those guys are located in Bradenton, Florida, which is um, north of Sarasota, south of Brandon in Tampa, Florida. So check them out if you're in the area. Um, they sell to ABC, uh, Publix, all over the place. That's all I have for beer. Ryan, anything else to round us out? No, no, that's fantastic. Uh, kudos to them. I love MotorWorks. They're great. I was never a big fan of them, but but I'm I'm happy for anybody that can find some success and and clearly do something right, which which they must be. So I just I'm not educated oh, yeah. enough as to why they're doing so well, but um, you know, well they power, brew really good team. beer, but they also they also uh they they have a lot of uh car. Uh, fans car followings too so, cool obviously cool. with a name like motorworks <laughs> sure still. one could assume yeah well good on them uh good on them and we'll we'll see you know we'll see what happens uh hopefully that's uh you know that's all that's all good stuff so moving on to the next uh the next section which we always we always hit for our regular podcast episodes are our geek news you can go ahead and drink it in set it on back it's up to you um, personally, I happen to enjoy all of these articles here. Uh, first off, just a little news bleep. Ready, Ryan, with the news um, sound effect? Go ahead. Boop. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hold on. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have to. You don't have to do a news sound effect. It's fine. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> no, it's okay. I wasn't. I, I didn't expect you actually to do it. Um, essentially, oh. Laos, Laos, who was on here, was supposed to do his Xbox One book report. Uh, but he is, of course, not joining us this evening, so we're going to skip that. 
However, you may get, we may get a bonus episode for all those folks out there that want it, or if you don't, sorry, it's coming your way anyways. But Laos and Donnie are, are drinking around Lakeland uh, tomorrow night, so we will have uh, some coverage on that. We'll definitely be uh, chiming in and reporting back. We're going to try and hit the Lakeland Brewery as well as Brew Hub. Have you been out to Brew Hub yet, Ryan? I have not gone that far, no. Not yet. Well, we're yeah, we haven't done it either, but I've been dying to get out there, and um, and we're gonna swing by. We've we've talked to some folks and trying to get a um a, a tour going and, and things like that. So should be awesome. some fun. But but that's the last little bit of beer news, Ryan. I don't know if you know uh, that tonight, Thursday, September twenty eighth at ten o'clock p.m. Uh, we are a mere two hours away from the Super Nintendo Classic Edition uh, coming out, my good friend. How does that make you feel? Super excited and um, in a frenzy to hopefully get one. <laughs> I have, <laughs> such, I have, I have such anxiety. What are you, are you going to go out and try and get one? Am, is it in-store only? I mean, it's both. It will be in-store. They should have some on, in, online. I don't know. I don't. It's, it's a, it's a uh, no man's land. It's a chaotic free-for-all. That's all I know. I am going to be on Best Buy.com and Amazon at the same time. Trying Refreshing. To yeah. I, I want to play all the games I played as a kid, and I also want to play Star Fox 2. I really think that Amazon might be a good a good bet just because they they have, of all the retailers, they have done the least amount of pre-sale. Therefore, at 12 o'clock midnight, I really – I truly think they will have some on online i'll um, be on my computer and my phone at the same time so i'll do my phone on amazon and i'll do best buy on my computer i would put best buy and amazon on different tabs on your computer f5 is your refresh button just continue to pound yep, that yep. until you get it have your credit card information updated for both your accounts already get ready. ready to go by the time this comes out Brian, do you understand that by the time this podcast comes out super nintendo classic will have hit the market we will A, have a Super Nintendo, or B, not have Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh, it's so scary. Like, I have, I have anxiety over it. Chet is trying to get one, and he is at a concert right now in downtown Chicago, and he will not get oh, one. Oh, no. Yes. He's not going to remember. He's going to be like, oh, it's 12.03. No. That's what I felt. I was like, I was like you were going to forget. You're gonna you're gonna pass out your concert. In Chicago, wait, wait. You need to tell him to account for the time change because at twelve o'clock our time is eleven o'clock his time. Well, I'm sure as he is in his current time, he knows what time it is. I don't have to call him and tell him at twelve o'clock. That's true. It will change. No, because for um, him it's eleven. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, right. It's just, I'm just saying it's going to be a, a lawless, chaotic game. And I don't. I am yeah. so happy that I actually pre-ordered one and don't have to deal with it. Uh, yeah, because you forgot to pre-order me one because I would have given you money, but you didn't. Do you know that, do that Walmart? Walmart was. If you put two in your cart, Walmart would have canceled the second one, regardless. Like they will let really? one per household. Yeah, you can Google that too. Uh, they were they were not letting you have more than one. Um, I was way not to able go, to Walmart. I was not able to grab one on Target. I was not able to grab one on Amazon. I'm, I'm guessing that Amazon will have a plethora of them. I would start mashing that F5 button around 11:55 tonight. Um, it's going to be an absolute shit show. But let's. I'll. I'll stay up and I'm going to actually try and do it. Um, good luck. Godspeed. And let's move on. Well, if you if you get to buy another one and I don't, I will pay you for it since you already have one pre-ordered. I'm going to try very <laughs> very hard, my friend, to get to get not only one but as many as I can. Um, just to refresh everybody, this system comes with 21 pre-installed Super Nintendo games, um, Contra 3, Alien Worlds, Donkey Kong Country, love it. Earthbound, never played it. Final Fantasy 3, love it. 
F-Zero, love it. Kirby Superstar, amazing. Kirby Stream Course, awesome. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, one of my favorite, mm. one of my favorite Zelda games, even with Breath of the Wild in, in consideration. Mega Man X, love it too. Secret of Mana, can't wait to play that. Star Fox, Star Fox 2, cannot wait to play Star Fox 2, never been released. And the owner, or the creator, is a good friend of the podcast and, and special guest, so uh, good on him. Super Castlevania 4, love it. Mario Kart, um, Super Mario RPG, and Super Mario World, probably my favorite game of all time. Super Metroid, Super Punch-Out, Yoshi's Island. Uh, just an all-star lineup. I can't wait. Just can't wait. So I have the whole press release here. <laughs> if I get one, yeah. I won't stop playing I, it. I had, I had no idea everybody loved it as much as they say they do, but we'll, we'll see what happens when push comes to shove because there's only so many, so someone's going to have to uh, spend a lot someone's more money. Someone's getting to get pushed it. and someone's getting shoved. <laughs> That's for sure. Everybody's asked me why I don't just buy a couple of them because I could and then just sell them on eBay. But, you know, that's from a gamer to another gamer. It's that's really bad juju. It's bad karma. In fact, if you go on eBay right now, you can find an NES classic for two hundred and fifty dollars. But it's really taking advantage of someone to do that. And I don't think the gaming community as a whole necessarily supports that, nor any gamer is out to do that. I met a guy at my house, actually, came over. We had, like, a neighborhood garage sale, and he bought just about every extra old video game, SNES and NES title I had because he was a collector. And he straight up said, he's like, I know you probably think I'm going to sell these, but honestly, he's like, I'm not. He's like, I, if you look at my house, I have a whole room dedicated to SNES and NES cartridges. He goes, and I just like to collect them because I'm an actual gamer. And I think that's if, if people really, you know, love these things as much as they say they do, that's how everybody would be. The problem is that Nintendo releases 12 of them and then drives the entire country and world crazy because they can't get their hands on them. So, yeah. you know, who's the bigger asshole here? The guy selling them for 300 bucks or Nintendo? <laughs> the guy selling them for fi- uh, $600 <laughs> yeah, on yeah, Amazon, right. which yeah. I proudly let know was an extortionist uh, yeah. on Amazon the other day. I was telling that guy Ch- needs to get kicked the fuck off. Well, Chad even said he's like, "Why don't you just buy five of them?" I'm like, because I'm not an extortionist, man. He's like, "Well, you really, you know, you should just do it and then just sell them at Christmas time." I'm like, well, I'm like, listen, I, I'm a big believer of karma, right? And I don't need that kind of bad juju on me at all. Oh. If I'm if I'm lucky enough to get one, I'll be happy as a clam. And Ryan, if I can get one now for you, I will try. Um, we'll give it two hours, my friend. Two hours from now, I will know definitively, objectively, that you it will or will not be getting one from me. And that's all I can say about that. <laughs> well, if you get one and I get one, then we'll think, then we can sell it <laughs> or give it to somebody else that we know that didn't get to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But that's all I have to say about the Nintendo yeah. Super Super Nintendo Classic. Everyone out there who's listening, Godspeed, good luck, and man, look at you now. You've got one. Now it's tomorrow. It's already Saturday. Look at you. You've got it. Good on you, bud. That's great. And everybody else who didn't, <laughs> I'm so very sorry. Uh, but but trust me, they'll be making more, and they have to. It's too much of a money maker. They did say anything to make more uh just so we're clear they did say they're going to be making more so they're going to try to limit that yeah. as much as possible because they want to yeah. make their money they don't want people making 700 dollars sure. off one unit and taking well, the, the funny game, so the funny thing is it's like you know the stock market because when they went they were 700 you know get them on ebay before christmas then also they went back down now that the equilibrium is about 230 bucks on ebay you can find an nes classic for so i imagine the same thing will happen here but this is a higher price so who knows what will happen exactly but once once they start flooding the market more with some of them, hopefully that price will come back down to normalcy and they can actually just purchase them as a product. Nintendo is just this ridiculous company that refuses to make enough product for what they have to sell. I don't know if it's they're discard or whatever, but they're still selling Switches like it's their goddamn hotcakes. Keep selling yeah. them. Keep making them. 
don't be yeah. like, don't be an asshole about it. I don't know. Anything else on this before we move on to our next topic? Uh one last thing. I do think that the NES Classic is going to drop down really low once the SNES is is released tonight because no longer are people going to be wanting the NES as much as right. the SNES. So the SNES you're going to be able to get a good good uh, deal on one of those. It's a better system too. Like I don't know if you've played the NES. I have one in my closet, my my um my entertainment center now. Um, I played it, but see, like that one, that one system, NES, it's great. First off, I have a regular NES. I have one from circa '84 or whatever. I have an original one. What what this one did is, I played Balloon Fight. I played some of the games. I played, you know, Punch Out. I mean, I did all this kind of stuff. It was great. Played it once. Never played it again. Haven't touched it literally since. I play Super really? Mario World. I play Super Mario World probably once or twice every month. I mean, I probably play it every other week just because I love that game so much. Super Mario World is my favorite game. Now, now not only do I have that, but I have an unplayed Star Fox. I have Star Fox, the original. I have more games that I love from that system. So I'm telling you, man, like that's Donkey Kong is a badass game. It's you know my favorite I'm, system, I think. I'm really looking forward to doing on the SNES, Donnie, is for Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country. Write this yeah. down, podcast uh, fans. Down Y, down, down Y. When you see Donkey Kong come up with the little roller thing, it's like dude, the little jukebox or whatever it is, the little music yeah. box. Down Y, down, down Y. It'll unlock the secret code to where you can get the little uh, medallion, either the starfish, the... Uh, Whatever those the little rhino was, you know how you collect those yeah, little yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. It'll like, take you to the secret level. Yeah, it takes you to the secret bonus level that you can get and get all the stars and swim through for like ninety seconds and try to get one ups and stuff. Down oh, Y, shit. down down Y. Yeah, you'd never done that. No, never. Down Y, never. down down Y. Try right. it. Well, don't worry. I hope they built that cheat code into the into the system. I'm telling you, they, they directly ported it over. It's it's <clears> gonna be there, man. Like I can't wait to play Final Fantasy three. Like I don't know why I'm so excited about it, but I I just am. So and Zelda, God, it. I love that Zelda and the Super Metroid dude. It's like the best version of Metroid. So all right, all right enough about it. We got to so, move right, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five minutes. Got, five minutes left. All right. Speaking of Nintendo, we have one. <laughs> yeah, we have one final story, and it is about a hidden Switch game that's actually a tribute to a former Nintendo president. This is actually a tearjerker here, boys and girls. Mm. Um, every issues. Every Switch, every Nintendo Switch, and this is a good segue again, being from Nintendo. Every Switch that was built, they these hackers have actually. Uh, figured out the software, and found a uh, flog line of code. Flog is golf spelled backwards. Flog is actually 24 kilobytes of data built into every single Nintendo Switch that happens to contain the original NES version of Mario Golf. If you've never played it, I've played it on Nintendo. It's actually pretty fun. Um, but this is built in as a, a tribute to um, the actual CEO of, of Nintendo, who is uh, Satoru Iwata, um, Iwata, and he, he passed away on July 11, 2015. So in order to access this game, which again is 24 kilobytes, keep in mind that NBA 2K18, a save data is 5,242,880 kilobytes. Mario Golf again. 24 kilobytes. This is all built into um, every copy of the uh, Nintendo Switch. So the only way you can access this is on July 11th of 2018. You actually have to do a certain hand gesture with the motion controls that unlocks it. 
and you can play Mario Golf. Now, it's been it's been rumored that it, that it can happen or can't happen, but there's actual footage of a guy doing this, so I believe it. Um, I wanted That's to bring awesome. this up, Ryan, because yeah, because it's a hidden NES golf game in honor of Mr. Wada um, of Nintendo, and and you know he was a visionary for not only Nintendo but for gaming in general. And without his influence, gaming today would look very different. If you think about it, he was the, he was the guy that that brought this to life in 1984. Think about all of the influence he's given in the last 30 years, right? Since 1984, I mean, he is literally the visionary that has led to all of the Nintendo isms, whether they be weird or odd or unique or fun. I mean, he is the guy that drove that, and every other video game manufacturer has taken some sort of influence from him. I, I found this article from a different podcast called The Filthy Casuals, and they kind of did a big in-depth kind of uh, breath about it. But I just want to say thank you for the good times, the smiles, and you know all the, the influence you brought to the millions of people that are out there. So, uh, Mr. Wada, I hope this NES golf game is legit. It makes sense as to why they have it on there, because they're trying to prove that an emulator can exist on the Switch because they haven't really figured it out yet. They're trying to bring these NES games to the Switch, which again, will bring the NES value way down, right? The NES Classic, if you can play them already on your Switch. So all of it's good stuff, but Mr. Iwata, we miss you, and um, and thank you for this little gem. I think that's insanely unique and, and very, very special. So, um, so that's it, brother. That's it, yeah. That's it. That's awesome. All right. The only other thing we had to talk about, and we hit on this last week, was that J.J. Abrams is going to uh, definitely be the director of uh, Episode 9. So I, I think that'll be very interesting. And uh, like I said, we've already covered it. We knew it was going to happen. Um, I'm down to see another J.J. movie. How about you? Definitely. All right. Great. So um, as we always uh, do here, as we exit tonight's podcast, we just want to say thank you guys for listening. This is Episode 51. If you missed our Episode 50, um, it was on last week. Please check it out. It was absolutely amazing um i think it was one of our best yet uh we had the full cast there and and we just really had some great conversation about a whole range of stuff so please check that out um you can find me at brewmasters club on uh, pinterest on youtube on instagram twitter facebook we recently started a new uh, facebook group called craft brews and geek news if you want to join please um just shoot us a note we currently what well, we started this what with 10 members on the group. This, I'm telling you about an hour ago on this podcast, we now have 30 members of the group yes. that have literally just just joined. Um, so please, this is gonna be moderated by myself and Ryan. I'm hoping for Ryan to, to really lead the content here as the resident home brewer. Um, I really think he'll do a great job and I hope you guys join in the conversation there, pitch some stories, talk to us about what's going on. I'm sure Ryan will leave some notes there tonight even just to kick us off. Um, but Ryan, where can the good kids find you outside of the Craft Brews and Geek News um, Facebook group? Yeah, definitely. You guys can uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrewedBoy813. And I wanted to let you know that whilst Donnie is in Lakeland with Laos tomorrow uh, going on their beer tour, I will be in Dade City at Screamageddon. We'll be looking up the different craft beers they have on tap. We're going to go through some haunted houses. You'll probably hear a lot of screams and a lot of yells. Evidently, this place, if you wear a glow stick, they can pull you out like, like legit. Are you going to do that? Are you actually going to do that? But she's like, I feel like we should do that. Because she's like, why do I want to go get scared and not enjoy the full experience? I was like, are you sure? Like, you don't even like horror movies. Okay, but, well, they, so, they can touch you. They can grab you. They put you in a if, room. They separate you from your group. If you if you mark yes. yourself, they can hide you away. They can keep you. I don't know if I would yes. do that, man. That sounds terrible. I told her I would kind of – I told her I would take her down the dark alley, but, you know. <laughs> 
away from the group. Nah, no, I know you can cut that bit out, but still, um, <laughs> do, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll bring that to you. And, um, there was one other thing that I wanted to say. Oh, so I saw it last week. I know we talked about that a couple of ago it. on one of our, uh, loved it. And they've got the release date, September 6th. Oh, now Blaus wants to join. <laughs> September 6, 2019 will be the second installment. I just figured oh, fantastic. Like fans out there know that. Yeah. Are they going to be adults or have they not decided that yet? They'll, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, they'll be adults. People are pretty crazy when they change it up too much. I really doubt that because yeah. it, it's supposed to take place 27 years later when it comes back. Right. Yeah. They'll be adults. So. Yep. All right. And which they should probably cast Laos for it because he's got that kind of scary look. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Bad timing. <laughs> hey, you sound good though. Well, hey, well, well, as we say at the end of every podcast, go stuff yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy, you, you just hopped on. Just hop. That's okay. Uh, yep. No, I've been trying like hell to get here, and of course, it just randomly says, "Oh, okay, cool." All of a sudden, booting, and I'm like, "You know what? You know what they say, Lost? When you're halfway through hell, keep going, and you persevered, my friend. You are here." At the end. It's weird because it still feels like hell because I prepared like hell to get this whole thing together and I didn't get to present anything. Well, (laughs) it still feels like shit. (laughs) Do we have time for that or do we have to go? No, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Don't worry. Last man, when I get over tomorrow, we'll um, we'll do a little episode and we can talk about it more. Little ditty? Little ditty. Ryan's going to do a little ditty. We're going to do a little ditty. We'll have a lot of ditties to uh, to work in. It's good, though. <laughs> we'll do, maybe we'll do two next week. or we'll, We can save yours, Ryan, to Halloween, however you guys want to do it. You just, well, you're out there thinking about whatever. how you're I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you the audio and the video, and you do whatever you want with it. No, it's good. And I was like, holy shit, you guys are still here. Yeah, I think we've been going for like an hour and a half at this point. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Good call. All right. All right. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers. <laughs>